I know that, that uh, the other day, Keith Kern and I were talking about our first churches and the similarities between the first church he served and the first one that I served. He served a, a small, uh, two small churches in, in central Pennsylvania, and I served two small churches in uh, northern Pennsylvania. But both of us ended up in towns where the primary industry was dairy farming. Welcome to Tea with the Preacher, the message series from Fairfield Presbyterian Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Today is Sunday, January 29th, 2023, and we are continuing our series, The Great I Ams. We read from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 7 through 10, where Jesus describes himself, I am the gate of the sheepfold. We're going through this series of sermons based upon Jesus' proclamations about I am, and obviously hearkening back to uh, God's self-revelation to Moses as to his identity. What name shall I say sent me? I am who I am. And so it is that John is trying to help us to see the person and work of Jesus Christ in its, in its fullness. The fullness of fully divine, fully human, and that great mystery. And what does that look like and how does that take shape? Now, some of these I am's are pretty interesting, good, and self-explanatory, and you probably don't need to have a preacher stand up and tell you about them. Some of them make you stop and think a little bit. Today's is one of those, because at first glance, it's a little harsh. This is one that that is not going to end up on your counted cross-stitch on the wall of your house. But it's one that should be a counted cross-stitch on the wall of your house because it has some good wisdom for all of us to see. And so let's take a look in the 10th chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. May the Lord bless us a portion from his holy word. This is one of those passages, when you first read it, your mind goes to a certain place. Because we read these passages with 21st century minds. We read these passages with our own experiences, our own way of, of knowing life, and our own way of articulating what life is. But the problem, problem is that these words weren't spoken initially in 21st century America. They were spoken many, many years ago in a different kind of society than we have today. Because I don't think we have any sheep farmers or sheep herders in our congregation, do we? No. We don't live in an agrarian society, which was the society 
that Jesus was speaking to. And, and agrarian societies have a whole different way, a whole different perspective, and a whole different language that they speak. I know that, that uh, the other day, Keith Curran and I were talking about our first churches and the similarities between the first church he served and the first one that I served. He served a, a small, uh, two small churches in, in central Pennsylvania, and I served two small churches in uh, northern Pennsylvania. But both of us ended up in towns where the primary industry was dairy farming, raising cows, milking cows, and, and so on. And it was we were swapping stories about that and how, how unprepared we were for life and ministry in the dairy country. He was telling me about first time he went out to make a visit at somebody's home and they were out working in the barn. And he found himself out in the barn, un, unmucked is the phrase that they would use. In other words, the barn hadn't been cleaned and whatever was dropped was dropped. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> and as he's walking through the barn, he realized all of a sudden at that moment in his life, that penny loafers were not the footwear of choice. <laughs> and I remember in the first month or so that I was in Wyalusing, I got a call a little bit before 7 a.m. Now, I knew going into ministry, I mean, my dad was a pastor. I, I knew the expectations. I knew that it was a 24-7 kind of thing. And so when the phone rang, I tried to prepare myself to answer it like I'd been up for hours. You know, the <coughs> me, 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 me. You know, you clear your voice and you try and talk a little bit before you answer the phone. And I, I, I picked up the phone and answered it. And it was Johnny Howard, who is uh, David Howard. Our, our, He was, he passed away since then. He was the uh, father of David Howard, our missionary in Papua New Guinea. And Johnny on the other end of the line goes, Good morning, Steve. I hope I didn't wake you up. I go, no, 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 no. He says, oh, good, because I waited until after I got all my chores done and got a good breakfast in me before I called you. <laughs> I was not in academia anymore. This was not the life that I had experienced in the seminary. Nobody in the seminary was up doing anything before 7 a.m. That just was not happening for most all of us. And so it was a whole learning curve in terms of the, of the language, the culture, the, the types of experiences that they were having. And, and it was interesting because all of a sudden I had to, to find out what's the difference between a Holstein and a Jersey. What difference does milk fat make? What's a hundred weight? And so on and so on. It was a, it was a whole nother language to learn. And I'll, I'll do a tutorial after the service if you want me to explain all, all that. Suffice it to say, jerseys give you less milk with a higher milk fat content. And Holsteins give you a lot more milk, but not as much milk fat. So their milk isn't as valuable. But anyhow. <laughs> so it's a whole other language to learn. And so it is that sometimes when we're, when we're reading the scriptures, we have to take a giant step and get ourselves into the time and culture in which those words were spoken. And this is one of those situations. 
Because we hear that phrase when Jesus proclaims, I am the gate. And what do we think in 21st century America? Gates have a purpose. They are to keep others out or to keep others in. We might have a gate in our yard to keep the neighbor's dog from coming into our yard or we might have a gate in our yard because there was a, a neighbor who liked to use our, our yard as a cut through to save some time going someplace. Or, but it's a, or we might think of it as a security thing that, that, uh, that it keeps others out. We can lock the gate and keep them from coming in. And, and so we think of gatekeeping that Jesus was talking about being the gatekeeper, the decider of who's in and who's out. And we read this passage and and immediately our minds go to Jesus as a gatekeeper. Okay, you goats over there, you sheep, come on in. You're in, you're out. You know, that, that we start to think of that, that this is Jesus saying that he is a great judge. That he is the one who will say, you're in, you're out. And, and we're, we're, we're okay with that because we know we're among the in. So we're okay with that as we read this passage. But that's not it. That's not what is happening here. That's not what Jesus is proclaiming. We have to step back and understand what a shepherd did in those times, in those periods. Now, for instance, I didn't realize until recently that when sheep eat grass or the vegetation, they eat it right down to the ground. So that if you're going to be feeding sheep, you got to keep them moving. You can't keep them in, in one spot. You have to move them day to day to day so that they can always have some fresh grass and so that the grass and the other places can be, can be replenished. And so therefore, if you are a shepherd and you have a, a flock of sheep that you're caring for, it's not like you can have, okay, here, here's your five acres Here's your fenced-in area. You'll be safe and fine here. No, you're going from place to place to place. And as they did this, as they went from place to place, it wasn't like you're going to drag them all the way back and back and forth, back and forth. You were out there with them 24-7, caring for them, watching over them. And so the shepherd would take usually thorny brush and make an enclosure for them, to keep them together during the night so he could maybe catch a, a few winks of sleep. So he would gather up all these thorny bushes and make a, a little pen for them to stay in. But the pen would, of course, have to have an opening in it to, to get them out the next day and let them roam in the next area that they were going to go. And so the gate, the gate in those pens was always an open area. It was always an open area. They didn't have time to, to come up with a, a swinging gate or anything like that. And so when Jesus says, I am the gate, a first century here, who was a shepherd, we go, yeah, I can see that. Because what did the shepherd do? The shepherd became the gate. The shepherd would, would lay himself down across that opening. And that's where the shepherd would sleep that night. 
guarding, keeping the sheep safe from any wild animal. If any wild animal was going to come in, they would have to, to get past the shepherd. So the shepherd, in essence, when the shepherd became the gate, was literally and figuratively laying down his life so the sheep might live. Whole another way of looking at it, isn't it? Makes a lot of sense to me. Doesn't it sound like something we know about who Jesus is and what he has done for us? Doesn't it sound true to you that this is what God is trying to say to us? That God loves us, every one of us, so very much that he wants us to have life and that life abundant. And that God is willing to lay down his life for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's the role of the gate. One who is willing to, to lay down himself, to sacrifice himself for the safety, security, benefit, wellness, the wholeness of all of the sheep. And you and I are God's sheep. And this is in contrast. This is in contrast, Jesus is trying to point out, to others who have come before him representing God. Because Jesus was concerned that, that many of those who had come before him, many of those particularly who were in the religious leadership of the time, were really more interested in themselves than they were in the people. And so he said, the thieves come and they steal and they take. Well, that's, he's saying, is that those who were false prophets, those who were false leaders, those who, who said that they were uh, doing God's work, were not necessarily doing that. They were instead seeking their own good, seeking their own benefit. They wanted to have more power, more prestige, more wealth, more all of those things that we human beings tend to like and desire. So he's making that contrast between how, how Jesus lives his life and how we tend to live ours. But he has come to be the gate for us to lay down his life, to sacrifice himself. And now it's not just about the cross, although the cross is the ultimate sacrifice. But you think about his three years of ministry and that all the things that he endured during that time, all of the sacrifices that he made, all of the efforts that he made, all of the selfless living that he did, all of that is nothing more than a shepherd who's laying down his life his own desires, his own self-interest, his own gains for the benefit and welfare of all of us. So when we hear this phrase, I am the gate. We can think of one not who keeps out, but one who welcomes in. One who is willing to, to give everything for our benefit. 
for we are the sheep. Certainly we've gone astray. Certainly we have not been the best we could be. But he still loves us nonetheless and is willing to lay down his life for you so that we might have life and that life abundant. You pray with me. Almighty and ever loving God, we do give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who showed us who you are and the way that he lived his life. We thank you for his willingness to lay down his life so that we might have life and have it abundant and have it eternal. We give you thanks in his name. Thank you for listening to Tea with the Preacher. To find more information about Fairfield, visit our website at fairfieldpcusa.org. Next Sunday, we stay in the fields with the sheep as Jesus gives, arguably, his most famous statement about himself, I am the Good Shepherd. If you like what you've heard today, we invite you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite listening app.